Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight. Well, tonight's a bit of a change, actually, because we're going to go strictly Mick and Tony. Um, the show we've got planned with the Rugby Club guys is now going to happen tomorrow night. So if you're waiting for Nick Paulson and team, Nick's coming in tomorrow night. He double booked himself with a, uh, a black tie dinner, would you believe? So, you know, what takes preference? Us? Or an expensive dinner? Anyway, Nick, Nick, Nick's gone off for a drink and uh, a drinky poos at this expensive dinner. So um, it's strictly Mick and Tony tonight. So we're going to get to grips with the big stories of the week. We're still going to catch up with Dave at Not Fast, of course, because it is Wednesday. Tony's going to do his sports thoughts. We actually choose our March stars, stars because we're now moved into April, looking forward to cricket season. Uh, a quick game of Test Tony, because I was going to sort that one out tonight. So uh, a very quick game of Test Tony. And we're going to look back and forward at last weekend and this weekend. So let's start off with some of these big stories that was going to make the news tomorrow night. And, of course, it is our look back at... Um, and it's football that dominates, really, because Neil Warnock has described Premier League officials as the worst in the world after his Cardiff City side controversial loss to Cardiff. Warnock also felt several other decisions went against Cardiff who remain in the relegation zone. The biggest and best league in the world, but probably the worst officials at the minute, he said. And then he went on to say about referees chief Mike Riley... I always thought Mike Riley was a manufactured referee from day one when he refereed at game art, a game at Articles against me. And I don't think he's changed since then. He's been manufactured, almost like a robot. He knows everything about the laws, but I just feel these people struggle to understand the game and the human element. And I want to come back to that one because that's what I've been banging on about for weeks. Rangers manager Stephen Gerrard says he can't defend his player um, Alfredo Mo- uh, uh, <laughs> stop laughing after the Rangers striker was sent off for the fifth time this season during the 2-1 Old Firm match against Celtic he reacted to an off the ball flick by guess who? Scott Brown elbowing the Celtic captain in the face and I'm sure Tony will have a few comments on that one the UEFA president says he will ask referees to be brave and stop matches where there is racial abuse from fans. The moment a match is stopped or is not played, I think 90% of normal people in the stadium would kick asses of these idiots. That's what he said, and he's in charge. Okay, you'll probably assume that got lost in um, in translation somewhere. Tottenham Hotspur christened their new ground tonight, the new White Hart Lane. That's the fourth ground they've had in two seasons and remember if Coventry don't tell the Football League where they're playing they ain't going to play at all next season Flow Save couldn't play in the Vars because he hadn't got floodlights but Tottenham are allowed to have four league grounds in two seasons and change in the middle of the season I think both me and Tony might have something to say on that score and we might just mention the fact that Fulham despite spending 100 million got relegated there is only one place to start, of course, and that is Mr. Neil Warnock. Um, love him or hate him. One, there was horrendous decisions that went against him on 
Saturday. Um, even the Chelsea players looked looked embarrassed. <laughs> they 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 um, they really did. Um, I thought Neil Warnock was absolutely quality. Uh, some of my refereeing friends would not agree. Um, I thought it was absolutely quality in going into the middle of the pitch and just standing and staring and saying absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, we'll get Tony's comments on those in a minute. But the the real thing that interested me to, now over the past few weeks, I, I've banged on about assessors, haven't I? I. You know, young referees being assessed every yeah. single match. I've banged yeah. on about it time and time again. Again, I'll read what he said. He's been manufactured almost like a robot. He knows everything about the laws, but I feel these people struggle to understand the game and the human element. This is what happens when you get assessed week in, week out. You are not a human being. You're not refereeing it. How you would want to it, you've got to referee it by the law. And that's the point I'm trying to make. And Warnock says it's a lot better than I'm ever done. What we're doing now is manufacturing referees instead of referees being natural. Yeah, but then again, um, you want to go one step further than that and introduce an actual manufactured machine to uh, verify well, their decisions. You know, if the referees can't get it... VAR. <laughs> the... the I started off being against VAR. You started off being against VAR. You still are. I've changed my mind. Hmm. I've changed my mind because it cannot carry on. What happened to Cardiff at the weekend? It wasn't even close. It was two yards offside. But I mean, the it, that cannot carry on. Not with the amount. Not yeah. I mean, I mean, it wouldn't worry me in the slightest if Cardiff went down because it would mean Newcastle stopped up. So okay, I'm happy about that. But that's that's by the by, isn't it? The fact is that, not on the back of that one result, I know, because it's only a full season, but if they had to beat Chelsea 1-0 and got three points, it would have made one hell of a difference to them. There's people who work for Cardiff City now could well get made redundant in oh, the yeah, summer, yeah. as that club has to cut back yeah. if they go down. It's their livelihoods. And everybody and everybody makes mistakes. When you're at the top of your profession, like that linesman was at Cardiff, because that's what he's there for, he's in he's in the top 40 linesmen in this country, or whatever they call them these days, assistant referees. Hmm. You can get one wrong, yes, if he's a foot wrong, though, but not that distance. What's he doing? But it, it wasn't just the uh, offside decision. There were two blatant penalties where, um, you know... The one of the uh, decisions, but uh, two blatant penalties, sorry, and another decision where the uh, Cardiff player was denied a goal-scoring opportunity by a player hauling him down, and uh, you know th those w went unpunished as well. Well, I, th I think the goal-scoring opportunity resulted in a yellow card <laughs> when it when it was a straight red. Yeah, I, it's, you know, and I, I'm not going to use the word that people pe people are thinking but the top clubs the top six clubs do get the rub of the green and i don't care what people say they do get the rub of the green week in week out why uh, i don't know uh, and i'm not going to say what i think but i don't know but you know if VAR, if var stops that and gives you a level playing field however messy it is however bitty it is then let's bring it on but we've already experimented with VAR 
and nobody in football liked it. And now it's gone away for a bit to be brought in next season. Everybody's saying, oh, bring it back because it'll sort things out. VAR just extends the game, extends the pauses in the game that nobody likes or wants. Yeah, I agree. And it causes, just, it, it exacerbates the arguments rather than solves them. I think if you ask Mr Warnock if he wants VAR at the moment, he'll probably want it. Right, moving on. Scott Brown. Scott Brown is the captain of Glasgow Celtic, correct? No. Okay, what is he then? He's the captain of Celtic. They're not called Glasgow Celtic. Okay, same difference. He's the captain of Celtic. Yes. He's the captain of the biggest football club in, <laughs> in Scotland. And not... Okay, I know it's not a very high mountain. <laughs> I know, but he is he is the highest profile player <laughs> in Scotland. And, and he acts like a complete... He is. He's not acting like one, he just is. He just looks like something that's fallen out of the rough end of the stand, and, and, he, and he plays like that. But on Sunday, he was so cute and so clever. And, and he just, you know, he got Morales sent off. When does cute and clever become cheating? I don't think it's cheating. I think it's been done for years. It's not. I'm not saying that's been done for years. I'm saying, yeah, you know, he got him sent. Yeah, off. got got him sent. But that's off. not clever. Got him sent off by tapping the back of his foot. You know, it didn't rake his studs down his Achilles tendon or anything. He just tapped the back. Come next. Tapped the back of his foot, and and Morella swung round, and then he laughed in the face of Ryan Kent. And Ryan Kent gave him one of the best left punches I've seen outside of a boxing ring. <laughs> and none of the officials saw it. And I, in the supposed or to chose be, not to. And there's supposed to be four of them. <laughs> and there's a fourth official as well, that, that surely counts as four. Mm. And mind you, we've got those idiots behind the goals in European games and they don't contribute to anything either. So you're a Scott Brown fan then? Can't stand the bloke. Absolutely a bore the man. But he was very, very cute against against Celtic against Rangers on Sunday because it was it didn't contribute anything particularly in terms of passing. It didn't really contribute anything in terms of football. But he just went around. But if that's what you've got to do to win a football, he match, went then. around winding people up. Yeah. But if that's what you have to do, and the and the idiots yeah. responded. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the worst thing. You know. You know surely the team talking I mean I saw the idiot on the line for Celtic as well running about the half length of the pitch celebrating the goal that was going to be a great help for unity I mean Celtic is a fantastic football club absolutely wonderful football club and many of my closest friends are massive Celtic fans but Lennon and Brown are a disgrace absolute disgrace to the club and shouldn't be anywhere near a club like that because it was built on pride and about standards and about stature yeah and neil is. lennon and scott brown haven't got any of those in spades absolutely shocking individuals N lennon was just what he always is but i thought scott you know I, the evil side of me, I admired, I admired what Scott Brown got up to because he was just laughing at people and they responded. And if I was Steven Gerrard, I would be horrified at how my players let the club down so badly by responding to an absolute idiot. Tottenham are playing at the new White Hart Lane tonight, which is fantastic. Which is nice for the which is nice for the Crystal Palace fans who didn't know if it was going to Wembley or the new White Hart Lane <laughs> till about a fortnight ago. Um, 
it annoys me. I'm in a bad mood. It annoys me that they are allowed just to sort of come and go wherever they want to play, where other clubs like Coventry are, are, are being told in no uncertain terms, if you cannot give us 100%, you've got that ground for the season, you're being kicked out of the Football League. Yet Tottenham, for the last two years, just come and go as they like. That's because... Wembley, MK Dons, the old White Hart Lane, and the new one. And, you know, just do what you like, boys. That's because they're one of the top six, aren't they? Yeah. The top six that get all the refereeing decisions, the top six that have got carte blanche to do whatever they like, and they won't get touched by an organisation that hasn't got any bottle whatsoever. Yeah, the same FA let them get away with that, because, you know, if... if, And I'm sorry for being petty... But if you're not allowed to play in the Vars because your floodlights aren't up until 24 hours before your first match, which took place in the middle of September, or the 1st of September, it was still a light night, yet you can join, you can go in the FA Cup when you can't tell the FA what ground you're going to play on. Mm. I hate double standards, and that is double standards. Yeah, but I mean, the, um, the Football Association, are at least they're consistent, because, I mean, they, in everything they do, they're absolutely shocking. Absolutely. And apparently there's going to be a name change. They're going to be known as the English FA from now on. Crikey. Did you know that? There'll be the one pe- I, and I'm not sure if we talked about this the other week, but very quickly, um, Tottenham have done a good thing. They, they've retained the cockerel <laughs> that used to be above the, the main stand. That apparently Paul Gascoigne shot at. Paul Gascoigne shot at, didn't they? <laughs> apparently the groundsman was shooting at the, the pigeons to sort of get rid of <laughs> the pigeons. If you shoot a couple, it puts the others off. Fair comment. Gazza said, can I, can I have a go? Groundsman says, yes, of course you can, mate. No problem. So we shot the cockerel. <laughs> Brilliant. And he came on and played the other night, didn't he? Didn't yes, you see that? Yeah, Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Somebody put a picture of the Gazza then and the Gazza now. Um, I, I mean, I'll never forgive him for what he did in the cup final against Forest, but apart from that, I no, admire I think he's absolutely great. Right, I haven't had time to do a lot about this one, Tony, so you really are going to get away with it tonight. So uh, let's play test, Tony. I've got four birthdays for you, but the problem is only one of them's a sports person. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm not very good at them. Um, so who are these people? In 1988, Tim Krull. Tim Krull, former Newcastle keeper. Yes, Dutch Holland. Yeah, yeah. former good, good, good keeper. I rated him. Nineteen sixty-one, Eddie Murphy, C- uh, comedian, actor, comedian, probably. Nineteen twenty-five, Tony Benn, uh, politician. Politi- well done, you see, you're doing very well here. Nineteen twenty-four, Marlon Brando, actor, actor. You see, what's his famous film? Godfather. Okay. Hey, yes, hey. Take right. that. Take that, and he'll come play. In nineteen seventy, <laughs> in nineteen seventy-five, Bobby Fischer was stripped of the world chess title. Why? Uh, I don't know. He refused to defend it. Yeah? But this is one that I think you may well know, because in nineteen ninety-three, the Grand National was declared void. Why was the Grand National declared void? Think about this one, folks, at home, because I can, when I, I can now remember it, vividly remember what happened in 1993. Bombsker? No. Really? Yeah. 
That's when it was cancelled. This was when it was declared void. Oh, oh because um, there's something went, went wrong with the tape at the start and some set off. And uh, one actually just about completed the course. Well, actually, 30 of them set, uh, 39 of them set off and 30 completed. Ah. Because it was the year of the false starts, wasn't yeah, it? The, yeah. the poor old starter was waving his arms all yeah, over the yeah. place. And I think on the third attempt, the jockeys decided, oh, what the hell, we're going. <laughs> um, and because they all didn't start, they had to declare the Grand National Void. Yeah. Do, you have a bet, do you bet on it? Are you a betting man? Um, I'm not a betting man, but uh, when I, mean, I, I can't believe a Yorkshireman's going to be a betting man, but you never but, know. But now and again, I have I have a dabble and uh, I in, I invest heavily. Uh, <laughs> this is fifty p then. No, isn't it? a pound. <laughs> a pound. And uh, basically, uh, me and Bully, when we were me and Jim Mackay, when we were doing our ground hopping time together. <laughs> We were, the, the only time we've been to Lincoln United, which is a cracking setup. If anybody fancies going there, Collingham Under 18s play their cup final there instead of Central Bank. Absolutely brilliant. So place. if we go, then you can be the navigator. Yeah, we might that, make a better fish of it when I navigated to Redford United. That that that, that by Gainsborough. That, that that won't be a problem. Twice. And, um, so when we went to Lincoln United, it was Grand National Day. So me and Bully popped into the bookies, which isn't far from the ground. And uh, I had a pound on the uh, on, on what I thought would would win, and it came in at um, thirty three to one. That, that was that, that, that was quite a trip back. I can tell you. going to tell me it coming at twenty past five in the start of no, the no, clock. No, no, I, I, I got thirty four pounds back for my one pound stake. So you stopped betting it then, did you? That was it then, was it? No, you, no, you, you I, was winning. Uh, I've picked out the Grand National winner three or four times in about the last twenty years. Okay, then. So Tony's tip is. I've not seen the card. <sighs> So I've no idea. When is it, by the way? Saturday. Right, so tomorrow night we want, we want Tony's okay. tip. Oh, good grief. Tomorrow um, night, Tony's tip for the Grand National. Put your money on it, put your house on it, put everything <laughs> on Tony's tip for the Grand National. Yeah. If it goes wrong, I'll put you in touch with him. No problems at all. Right, first it's now reverting back to Wednesday and we're going to talk to Dave. So it's going to be all about Not Fast. Okay, as we flip back into Wednesday mode, of course, it's um, 20 past seven, so it's... Uh, not fast, Dave. And what did they get up to last week? I think it's going to be all about running to the top of the hill and running back down again. Dave, all yours. Thank you, Mick. It is, yeah. So uh, the main event uh, was the Grantham Cup uh, last Sunday. Um, but first of all, Parkland. Now, we had um, 35 club members over two different Parklands. Personal best from Margaret Purdy, um, Zana Perry and Laura Smith. Uh, Kirsty Watson celebrated her 100th Parkland. Um, and before I go on to the Grantham Cup, uh, a key standout for March is Laura Smith. Now, uh, Laura managed to get four Park One personal bests and a 10k PB all in one month. So fantastic work from Laura there. She, now, she, she's well informed then, isn't she? She's, she is. She's setting some standards. Every, uh, every week she seems to be getting a PB, so... So onwards and upwards for her uh, into the summer. Um, like I said the main main event was Grantham Cup, uh, which is a 10k race hosted by Grantham Running Club. We have 15 members attend. Um, the full results will be on the uh, newsletter and on the website. But a couple of standouts: uh, Joanna Gray, Kim Edmonton Bates, and Simon Rock. They all got course PBs. Now the times range from uh, first back for the club Simon Rock 49:40. Um, to 1 hours 20, 49 for the last. 
but all the results will be um, on the Radio Newark and the Not Fast Facebook page. Um, so yeah, not not a great deal of um, of results for the last week, um, but I think coming in the next few weeks there are quite a lot of races coming up. Unfortunately, I won't be reading the results out for the next three weeks, uh, but someone will be in my stead. And he's going to start with um, the um, link, link, uh, the Lincoln Half, is it, this weekend? Uh, Lincoln 10K. Lincoln 10K. Yeah, the run for all Lincoln 10K on Sunday, which there's always a, a good amount of people that run that. It, it's, it's a very popular race um, for what it is, and it's charity-based as well, so it's a, it's a good one. He has been a mass exodus from from Newark um, for that one. I, I would suspect. So, uh, Gustav, right down. I think it's 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 uh, the aforementioned Simon Locke, isn't it? That he's going to step into your good shoes. It is Simon Locke for the next three weeks. I'll be um, the other side of the world in New Zealand uh, for a little while. So, um, so yeah, there's going to be Simon doing the results. Will you be? Will you be? Will you be running in New Zealand? Now, that's something I might well do. Where I'm staying, it's, um, I've got family over there uh, in the North Island, and there's a, um, there's a 10K and a half marathon at the same time, so I need to run it past the wife, first of all, <laughs> um, to see if she can allow me to oh. do a race on the holiday. I, I, I don't for one minute think she would expect any different, would she? I'm pretty much sure she wouldn't. Um, and before you ask, uh, Mick, in Maori, not fast is kaore etekore. Very good. Oh, we'll give you that one. We'll give you that one. That's um, that. That yes, because you you know very well you'd have got that when you got back. So, I do indeed. <laughs> good stuff. Enjoy yourself, Dave, and and the wife, and you know really have a good trip. Be careful. Look after yourselves, and when you get back, tell us if you did go out for a run or not. Wonderful. Many thanks, mate. Thank you very much. Take care. Thanks. Bye bye. Dave Farge, you there, Rusa? Off on the holiday of a lifetime with a wife to uh, see some family and have a run i've got no doubt have a run um when he gets over there in new zealand and uh mm. we uh we wish him the best we'll miss him but uh talking to us or going to new zealand well you know there's not really any comparison is there <laughs> <laughs> okay it's um time when tony gets serious and remembers um what he spent a lifetime doing and that's putting pen to paper and, and writing stories. Most of them used to be fictional, but um, these are is uh, <laughs> these are Tony Smith's sports thoughts. There is a thing in football known as the way, and it applies specifically to two football clubs, the West Ham way and the Manchester United way. When applied to West Ham United, it makes about as much sense these days as referring to Everton as the school of science. The West Ham way refers to playing attacking football out from the back, which apparently started back in the days when England legend Bobby Moore wore the number six shirt for the Hammers. The first visiting team I ever saw at Elland Road, watching my beloved Leeds United, was West Ham United. On that day in 1971, the West Ham team contained more... Billy Bonds, Trevor Brooking, Harry Redknapp, Clyde Best and Jeff Hurst. It was a shockingly boring nil-nil draw and the only thing that sticks in the memory was the smell of hot dogs and onions. Nine years later, West Ham United won the FA Cup and that remains the last trophy that the club has lifted.
No, to me the West Ham way is talking in a stupid accent, attacking football coaches and the stunning violence of Green Street. Great kit though. The Manchester United way is something completely different and the return of it at Old Trafford is what got Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the long-term job. The Manchester United way is attacking with two wingers and attack, attack, attacking. It's something that Jose Mourinho never understood. For an intelligent man, he disregarded the history of a great club and simply parked the bus as if he was Brian Clough embarking on a European campaign. The doomsayers predict that Ollie will fail now that he's gone from the supply teacher that is everyone's mate to the ogre with the cane that everyone despises and makes no secret of it. But I believe that he will succeed with a smile on his face at all times and he will do it in the Manchester United way. Okay, you know you're not going to get away with that, don't you? What, you mean just because they lost the Wolves? You know you're not going to get... I'll come back to that one in a moment, but you know you're not going to get away with that. The first European Nottingham Forest campaign, they played nine, won seven, drawn two, scored 19 goals and conceded seven. That doesn't strike me as parking the bus anyway. The second campaign, they played nine games again, scored 14 goals and conceded six. A little bit tighter, I will admit, and the bus was probably parked on the halfway line. But no, that's not um, parking the bus... Um, yeah, Everton's School of Science, West Ham, the West Ham way. You could probably play out from the back when you got the quality of Bobby Moore at the back. But And I understand what you're saying about the Manchester United way. You play with two wingers yeah. um, and and attack, attack, attack. And again, you've got to have the players. You've got to have the players. So I don't agree with you on the... Are they going to say, I told you the other day, in my opinion... This time next year he wouldn't, he wouldn't be manager of Manchester United. Last night when they got beat and again for the second time at Wolves. And OK, they had a player sent off. But, you know, you've got to work around that if you're a big club. It was clueless what to do. Yeah, uh, after they lost at, uh, at Wolves last night, a um, great number of uh, Manchester United fans went on social media and said uh, Solskjaer out. So... Um, but these are the same Manchester United fans that was clambering for Mourinho to be out and Solskjaer to come in. So, you know, they've got nothing to say. Me, I, I would have stuck with Mourinho because I thought he was doing great things at Man United. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but it's, it's like in his latter days. It was that, said uh, on another radio station that talks a lot about sport last night by one of their presenters, who is not quite as elegant as me or you, the appointment of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was Manche at Manchester United was sentimental crap um, um, clap trap. <laughs> crap what? Clap trap. Oh, clap trap. <laughs> All right. I very nearly got it right. It, well, it wasn't a presenter. It was Craig Burley who said that. Well, he was presenting the show. Scottish international. There you go then. Yeah. And and that that's caused just a, a fair a fair it's, outcry it's, as well. But Scottish you know. international. What do you know about football? <laughs> Well, wasn't Ferguson Scottish? Yeah, that's there true. There you go, then. <clears throat> so, all I'm saying is that the same as I s I've always said since Ferguson left, and what Ferguson... I, I, I didn't like the man. I can't knock his achievements. Yeah. Uh, his achievements was fantastic. In the, in, in, in the modern age, it, 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 I don't think he will ever be bettered in the modern age, in the Premier Division. The man... That's something different. But since he's gone, it's it, to me, Man United have gone have gone back to the 
what happened when Matt Busby left? They bungled <laughs> along for so many years. Mm. And they're doing the same now. David Moyes, because he was at Everton and that's close to Manchester and it was the School of Science and he's a nice guy and he's Scottish and Alex knows him. No, he's not good enough. He wasn't good enough. The flaw in my argument, of course, is Mourinho. Who is a Class A manager and he wasn't good enough to manage the Manchester United way. So, I'm the one that's saying Solskjaer will be gone by this time next year, but I'm also the one that hasn't got a clue who's going to go in there. I would have gone for Zidane. Quite simple, he's been to Madrid, he's won things at Madrid, he's a big person, he manages big clubs and big egos. No, I, I just think that um, a lot of people have said that after Mourinho, any of the Manchester United fixtures and fittings uh, of the uh, Champions League winning years could have gone in there and done a job but there's something special about Oli about his smile and his infectious personality and he's just a great great bloke and, and he, he didn't know what to do last night at Molyneux when oh, they went 2-1 down that's... the same as he didn't know what to do two weeks ago at Molyneux when they went 2-1 down I, what I said last night was very very pertinent uh, and, and that is the old managers what they had that the new breed doesn't have is time they're given time to do things and and, and you, you're falling into the old journalistic trap these days <laughs> of going by one result and then having a knee-jerk reaction to it and you know that's not the that's way to results. that's not the way to approach that's two football. results two results out of how many do Man United play over the course they've of the lost season? about five out of the last nine or something ridiculous I support Berwick Rangers don't let's talk about no you don't you matches. follow Berwick Rangers <laughs> you've seen them twice in your life I've seen them twice you don't support them and you follow them. But I've never seen him score a goal and I've rather more disconcertingly, I've never seen him win a corner. I've paid about 500 quid each time for a good, couple of good throw-ins. So no, I'm not a regular, obviously. But, um, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, I, re and, and I hope he's successful because he does seem a nice enough guy. And then he does seem one of the world's, the one of the world's nice guy. Somebody said to me today at work, oh, it's not his team. He's called a manager. He manages what he's got. No, it's, That's it's, what makes you a good manager. Go back to the... I know I'm on my... What will define him will be this summer's transfer market. Yes, it, but why should it? He should manage... If he's a good manager, like Brian Clough was, like Jock Steen was, like Bill Shankly was, like Don Revy wasn't, like, like all, you know, all the old ones, all the old guard, they managed what they got. They bought the best out of the players that they got they Leeds. didn't go and spend ridiculous amounts of money did they do the best they could at Leeds United over 44 days I don't think so he took the team of the champions down what to did bottom you say of the league to, what did you say two minutes ago about time but I mean basically what did you say about time well he didn't do anything wrong but I think he should have got time for that but basically um, it's just a case of you know I mean we're always going to dis disagree Leeds United versus Nottingham Forest on the subject of Brian Clough Oh, we can sit here till midnight and be no, and, and be absolutely no closer. Yeah, no closer at all. Actually, when you start talking about Nottingham Forest, it does seem as though we're sitting here till midnight. But no, it's, it's just um, it's, it's it's a very difficult one. But obviously, as a journalist and a neutral observer, I'd feel different to to, to a blinkered football fan that thinks nineteen goals in seven games is prolific. Well, it's not parking the bus, is it? <laughs> No, but, um, you know, if you... It's <coughs> far from parking the bus. If, 
It's very, very difficult to replace greatness in, 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 in management. Agreed. Um, Manchester United have failed twice. Mm. Sir Matt Busby and Sir Alex Ferguson. And if anybody can do it, anybody in the world, it's going to be Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Old Trafford. The man that took the man that took took Cardiff down and ended up managing a village team in Norway, he's the man to take on one of the biggest clubs in the world. Okay, my this time next year, my, we'll see. My fa- fa- if it's not mentioned, it's still there. My, my favourite line, <laughs> my favourite line that I I have heard so far is that uh, the Manchester United manager. Uh, will always be known as the baby-faced assassin, but Mike Phelan will never be known as the baby-faced assistant. <laughs> the, ba- the baby-faced assassin wasn't good enough to get in the first eleven. Right, no, it is an, an impact sub. Rubbish. David Fairclough for Liverpool. Was not rubbish good, when he started. Not good enough to get in the first eleven. Oh, well, he must have been good because he came on as sub and scored four goals at the City ground. Or we were waving over that one as well. Yes, we're missing that one out yeah, completely. Sorry, Everybody has lucky days. Right, March. Let's go back to local. We might agree on something. March? Here. March. It's, it seems so long ago it's now. It's been and gone and come and gone. That's um, old hat. Right. Team performance of the month. I've listed five to choose from. New York Rugby Club's under-14 boys beat Spalding 20 points to 19 to win the NLD Cup. New York Flow saves victory in the semi-final of the East Midlands Football League Cup. New York Hockey Club's ladies 5 all draw against league champions Nottingham University. <laughs> New York needed at least a point from that match to have any hopes of promotion themselves and the university had, dropped, had drawn one game all season and won everything else before them. Long Bennington's under-18 footballers winning it previously unbeaten Skegbait to all but tie the championship up for the village team. And Collingham, who beat Appleby Frodningham 5-0 to reach the final of the Central Midlands Floodlit Cup. Your choice. Hockey. Hockey. Why? Because all the good people at all the various other sporting clubs mentioned haven't got a contract out of me, but Sally Halfpenny has. So, hockey for me. <laughs> I'll give you... Well, yeah, yeah, OK, we'll go with that one. <laughs> right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven in the individual performance of the month. Tom Cowling wins his first professional box boxing um, in the second Tom round. Tom Cowling. At Nottingham. Forget the rest. No. Listen. No, honestly. Listen. Well done to the rest, but what a performance that L- was. Listen. <laughs> Jess Weaver represents England under-18s at rugby against Scotland. Amelia Crispin finished 27th in the Intercounties Cross-Countries Finals Day and followed that a week later with a 13th place finish in the National English Schools. Rebecca Gallup ran the Retford Half Marathon <laughs> in one hour, 33 minutes. Slow by air standards until you consider <laughs> she's five months pregnant and she and she ran it seven minutes faster than she did in 2010. Oh, Bex, what a performance. Sarah Jackson's hat-trick in that five-all draw for the ladies. George Aspin's hat-trick for Collingham mm. in their cup semi-final. And Freddie Polak, who is crowned Junior D champion for 2019 at the British Championships, held in Sheffield. 
Um, it wasn't a bad month. And okay, if you want to stick with what you said, stick with what you said and tell me why. It's not what I said. It's what a very great friend of mine said. Um, I first met Carl Greaves when he was 15 and I was driving the bus, the Holy Trinity Parish bus, down to Wolverhampton so that him and Isham Pickering could compete in the ABA quarterfinals at Wolverhampton. Um, and um, I didn't realise that Carl is now 42 uh, which is uh, makes me feel very, very old indeed. But I've, I've known Greavesy since he was 15, and he talks more sense about his chosen sport than anybody I know, and has got more experience than anybody I know. And for Carl Greaves to say that Tom Cowlin's professional debut was the best he's seen in 31 years in the fight game, good enough for me. If 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 Greavesy says it's Tuesday, it's Tuesday for me. And honestly, if 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 he says it's that, actually Wednesday, but we're yeah, pre- yeah, but, 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 but we're pretending it's Thursday. But but, <laughs> but honestly, if if he rates that as the best he's seen, that's good enough for me. Well, yeah, I suppose we're not in position to argue with that. Yeah. The, the moment of the month, and, and there's, I've just put a couple of the running ones down because our, our runners are great supporters of this this mm. show, mm. and. Uh, um, I've gone with um, Newark Striders, Tom Spellman and John Palmer, who were running a 16-mile event to support bowel cancer. They actually ran from East Midlands Airport to Nottingham Castle in, in a time of two hours 19, which I think yeah. is, 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 is a wonderful effort. And Caroline Upton, of course, <laughs> the wonderful Caroline Upton, um, trail running um, ace, um, braved the Grindleford Gallop, which is 21 miles and 3,000 foot of ascent, very muddy, hail, sleet, rain, sunshine... 50 mile the now wins, and that's just actually a normal Sunday out for, for not fast, um, Caroline. Um, I put them to in, of course, um, uh, and a couple of individual moments um, that are, are moments, if you like. One is Sid Costa's header <laughs> in, in the Collingham Cup semi final. Um, the second best headed goal I've ever seen in 50 years of watching local football. <laughs> and Will Britain's, you didn't see this one, but Will Britain's try against Southall. Newark was on the try line in the in the left-hand corner of the pitch, so to speak. Uh, one of the Newark players looked up and Will, who was playing on the wing, just so he could play in the game, he's injured, but he played on the wing to get through the game so he didn't get too involved. Looked up, perfect placement kick, Will ran onto it, touched it down, and the look on Will Britton's face <laughs> was an absolute picture. And I'm going for this one. Um, and I'm going for Will Britton because if faces can tell a picture, <laughs> and if you look at pictures of Will, bless him, he, 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 when he's running and he, he does his face does sort of show the pressure, shall we say? But the smile <laughs> on his face when he put that ball down for the uh, try yeah. uh, against Southall was just something to be believed. Um, Stars of the month, an individual star or a team star, or do you want to go? I think probably for one of each because your individual one maybe is Tom. Yeah, I'd, and I'd the just... stars of the month to me, when you're a second team and you require four points, and yes. one of the, and one of those yes. is against the best team in the league that's run away with it with a country mile, yeah. and you actually get them, and in the second case, your ace player is mugged after 10 seconds. Um, I just think that's um, 
That's a cracking effort. Yeah, it's just uh, what happened to Sarah Pask is uh, absolutely disgraceful, and if uh, if the club concerned haven't apologised for that, that uh, that uh, compounds it. I didn't think they looked like that was in their um. They mm. was planning to do that. I must admit. Um, a quick, very quick look back at um, this week because. Um, even though this was sort of put together and scripted in about five minutes' notice, it's, um, we're running out of time. Um, we like to look back at last weekend and knew it come from 12 points down to um, win the bagging rights, uh, bragging rights even. Uh, um, and, uh, and, and make it three all. And make it three all. Um, and, and tomorrow night, because I, I, I've already been told not to be mischievous, we have, we've thought we're talking rugby tomorrow night. Um, we're talking lots of things rugby tomorrow night. One of them is a rerun of the Twickenham Veterans match before the last match of the season when Newark and South will join forces for a, a a charity match. We're going to talk about the youngsters because we happen to have the people that run the young teams in. But what we have got in tomorrow night is two people from Newark and one person from Southall Rugby Club. But they didn't actually join forces, did they? Well, not really, but they are going to do on something. No, 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 but, but like sort of... A Southwell side yeah, played. I know, yeah. And then, well, uh, well, we'll see what happens this time, but uh, um, I, 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 I want to ask, and, and I'm going to... I'm really glad they didn't. One of the, question, <laughs> one of the questions tomorrow night, and I've, I've already pre-warned Nick, one of the questions tomorrow night is, is simply this. Both Newark Rugby Club and Southwell Rugby Club have got wonderful facilities. I really enjoyed my time at Southall on Saturday, looking over that bank, you know, on, on that banking, watching the game and, and going in the club room for a drink. Wonderful. Both clubs have got youth setups to be proud of. Second to none. Yeah. Both of them. And both clubs' first teams are where they don't want to be. Newark are fourth from bottom <coughs> at Division 2 of the East Midlands League. And Southwell have been relegated from that. Is that good enough? I want them to answer that question tomorrow. You can answer it now if you wish. I want them to answer that question tomorrow night because they can, those people are good people, understand rugby and are connected. Are they happy with Division 3 and the bottom half of Division 2? Or is it now time that rugby followed the direction of New York Flow Serve? No, because if Newark Rugby Club had have gone the way of flow serve and challenged the other rugby union clubs who were going that way at the time, then Newark would be up amongst the elite. But it wouldn't be the same Newark. It, it wouldn't be the same Newark Rugby Club. And I, I, I really admire the way that Newark decided to stick to their principles and not to go with, oh. These boots are hard to get on. Hang on, what's this in there? You're rolled up fivers, you know what I mean? Now it's you're talking about the team that you're part of here. Mm. So, w you know, oh, no, but where do you stand on this then? I'm talking about Newark Rugby Club now. And, and I'm very, So very it's not okay for Newark Rugby Club, it is okay for a football club? Totally. Because it's a completely different thing. Because all this stuff that was done financially was done at a time when rugby union was an amateur sport. So it was all done underhand. So, stri strictly speaking to, about rugby union, that was out of order. And and it was what Newark Flow Serve have done, they couldn't have done without money. Fair does. All the teams... But n now, 
are being funded. When, when rugby clubs are, some rugby clubs are paying, they've got to be to do what they're achieving. Yeah, now... I mean, Scunthorpe's gone from nothing to yeah. almost National League. They're, yeah. they're not doing it because they've got a good crop of young players. No, no, but, but, but now it's all above board and rugby union... So, the question is then... Paid. The question is then, should Newark or Southall or both follow the guide of Newark Flosa Football Club and attract the cream of the county to Kellam Road or Park Drive and go up through the divisions or do you stop as your lovable little Newark team or Southall team with your local players who you all know and love I'm not answering that one um, I, I, I don't think you can make the comparison between rugby union and, 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 and soccer I don't I think football it's, but, play but, soccer in America but I mean if you're talking rugby football union right. you've got to make the differentiation there and, and, and basically <clears throat> I think it's two completely different scenarios and it's up to the, the, what we will find out tomorrow night and the answer that uh, the guys will probably give the, the, the answer that the guys will probably give is it's down to individual decisions I think the answers the guys will probably give tomorrow night will be what you'd call Jeffrey Boycott-esque. A very, very straight bat. And yes, we continue to bicker, <laughs> even during the outbreak. And there'll be a slight break now while I actually find my glasses. It's, Just talk. It's, 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 not, it's not bickering, it's discussing. OK, it's discussing. And what we do is... We, we bicker while I do it over. We, we, we discuss things and then we eventually we agree that I was right. Now it does sound like I'm at home. <laughs> right, we've got nine minutes to look at what's happening this weekend. If Newark Flowserve are going to achieve back-to-back promotions, they'll have to do it the hard way. The Works have five matches to play, and they're all away from their Lowfields home. Start on the road this weekend at Leicestershire side Barrow Town. Barrow are fourth in the table, but it's the big three, Sherwood, Selston and Flowserve, that's been apart from the rest all season so it really ought to be three points but with injuries and suspensions biting hard they're going to have to dig very deep for the three points the FA have ruled that the top nine um, out of the 17 step six runners up are going to be automatically promoted and after last week's match flow serve sits fifth in the national table taking on a points per match ratio and which is why to keep winning is vitally important yeah but we don't have to play uh, Selston or Sherwood Colliery again this season. And the gap between the top three, ourselves, Selston and Sherwood Colliery, and the rest is so emphatic that Barrow Town, who we visit on, on Saturday, who are in fourth place in the table, in the reverse fixture early this season, we beat them 6-0. And that is the difference between the top three and the other 17 clubs in the East Midlands Counties League. So, it should be five wins to finish the season, without a problem, because unfortunately, although as it transpires with the fixture secretary being on some kind of medication we should know about, we've currently got a better away form than we have at home form. So, thank you, mate. That'll do us nicely. <laughs> yeah, no, and who would have thought that one? Selston won them last night, by the way, 3-1 at, at Tavistock to open that lead at the top of the table once again um after finishing fourth in the last two campaigns collingham are assured of at least a third place um finish this time round could actually get second but more than likely it's going to be third um 
Paul Lash team are, have the potential to follow flow surf up the pyramid but of course it's all in the hands of the station road faithful and their and and their wonderful committee now to solve the pitch problem and find that extra little bit that's required to make it um long enough two home matches starting um with saturday's visit of bentley and a cup final to come for the villages yes um always a pleasure to go to station road and i don't think that that is it six feet that they've got a problem with? No, it's not even that. It's only 18 inches or something. It's a ridiculous thing. I, I mean, I mean, that surely is, you know, not a problem. It is. It is. Well, surely all they have to do is sort of get a... You know, the, the, the requisite amount of grass is just to push that path to one side. It's... The problem is, not only have you got to have the pitch in... It, it's the corner where the fence is, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you've got to have a, a runoff of another couple of yards for him to take the corner. So yes, you could squash the pitch in there, but you haven't got the runoff. So you, you, they've got to get that fence moved. Easier said than done. But if anybody can do it, the Collingham people should do it. Yeah, it's actually a problem of their own making. So you know, um, they've got to get out of it because that setup with. The under-18s in three County Cup finals. Regularly being played in the team that's going to finish third in the Central Midlands. Well, where the dugouts are, there's plenty of grass there, so just move it, move it over a bit then. It's length, not width. Oh, it's a run off that end? Yes. Mm. It's length, my friend, not the width. Never mind the width, feel, uh, whatever it is. New <laughs> Flow serves are four matches away from winning the Not Senior League Division 2 title. And with all their remaining five matches to be played in Boulderton, it should be in the bag. Uh, Ravenshead Reserves provide the first test for Lee Julian's boys on Saturday in a rare match at Lowfields for them um, before a trip to Bolton Plainfield to play Elston because that's where they play their own matches next Wednesday night. So it's basically in flow serves hands, isn't it? That, that one is. is, yeah. yeah. So... I mean, like the first team, it doesn't matter about catching Selston, you know, the, the fact that they won, so what? It's about getting five wins that keeps us in that second place. For the reserves, if they don't win that league, they won't lock it up because it's all in their hands, everything's in their favour. It's the last home match of a mixed season, as we keep saying for Newark Rugby Club to, on Saturday. It keeps saying tomorrow on here, you see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when the league runners up, Ashbourne visit Kellam Road. Interesting to see how many of the current team start next term in a blue shirt. A new coach will arrive during the summer, and after four years of um, making the facilities some of the best in the country, all eyes will now turn to the pitching. That is a conversation I think that's going to rumble on all through summer. My father-in-law used to play for Ashbourne. It's not everybody who can say that their father-in-law used to be a hooker. <laughs> Your father-in-law was actually my wife's first boss. That's right, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. and she, she loved... She loved him to bits. Yeah? Loved him to bits. He was a lovely um, man. She, she, she really did. Uh, Derby, of all places, stand in the way of both New York Rugby Club's under-16s and under-15s as they go for NLD Cup glory in the finals day at Scunthorpe on Sunday. So we wish them the best, all yeah. the best, especially as they're playing the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> 
all our runners will be pointing off towards Lincoln on Sunday, with the exception of uh, Newark Striders Simon Roberts, who is off to Manchester running the Manchester Marathon. It's a Lincoln. 10k very very popular event and charlotte maiden is at wollerton in the latest round of the robert rock jr tour the cracking name that the robert rock jr yeah, tour yeah it, um, that sounds impressive it really is so another another busy weekend as we count down the days until cricket starts this friday is the start of the county championship is that not playing yorkshire the start of the county championship and of course that always makes me think of uh, rick Rick Lane, yeah. his birthday would have been last um, last weekend. Last Sunday. Um, he would have um, highlighted his year because every other sport paled into insignificant with, with Rick yeah. when, when it come to watching to watching his beloved cricket. Um, tomorrow night, Nick Paulson's coming in, um, being in Martin Brummett, who's head of the mini section at uh, New York Rugby Club, and is also um, bringing one of our friends from South Rugby Club in, and I've already been told not to torment them too much and i i will not mention the result from last week who's coming in from southville um pass we'll find out that tomorrow night you'll have to wait until tomorrow night on that one so actually we've only had one set of guests in this week but what a pair of guests they turned out to be last night mm. james and ella <laughs> brinkat smith i mean isn't it just a treat they both are but isn't yeah. james just a lovely lovely yeah. man is 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 quite a remarkable character and uh, i i would imagine he will go down a storm in japan they will love him won't they oh it's, it's just he's he's he is he's, he is a lovely you know what man. the average size of a, a japanese person is funnily and, enough no and then you've got james who was at bat <laughs> about the size of about 10 japanese people all in one person oh, he's, he's, he's gonna be a legend by the time he gets it's home it's gonna be great fun tonight you've had tony and i debating bickering discussing <laughs> the thing that we love best sport <laughs> um we may not agree on everything but we both do agree on one thing that local sport far outweighs the professional game and we absolutely love it whatever you're doing at the weekend enjoy your sport but tomorrow night don't forget we're talking about rugby all the way from the mini to the future. Join us tomorrow night. But coming up now, the wonderful, the one and only, Mr. Doug Hall. Yeah.